I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the WrestlePlug podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Nix. Now, as you know, the WrestlePlug is all about honesty, candid conversation, and some of the best interviews out there when it comes to the wrestling world, particularly the European independent scene. And that's exactly where we're going to take aim with episode 502 of the WrestlePlug, which is an audio exclusive, by the way. So wherever you get your podcast, thank you very much for joining us. My guest this week is, of course, the incredible women's athlete and talent that is Kira Kimera. Some of you may know that Kira was meant to actually join us last year. and We did record a podcast, but unfortunately, due to speaking out and other complications, we felt that it would be better suited to re-record the podcast for a later date and reconvene, which is exactly what we've done. So without further ado, less of my nonsense, let's get right to this incredible interview with the Queen of Tukase, Kira Kimera. <laughs> The pandemic's been difficult. It's been going on for about a year now. A lot of people probably don't know that we've already spoken and, you know, had to scrap that because of so many things going on. And we decided to redo it, which is awesome. And it's really great to have you on. How's how's uh, training been and how's things been not being able to obviously wrestle? Because it's been like pretty much a year now since you've had an opportunity to properly wrestle full time. Well, I'm I'm quite lucky uh, because uh, I own a school in France, awesome. so I can I can go like a bit. Uh, so sadly, we we are not legally. It's not legal for us to go, so I can't do it much. Um, but I'm quite I'm I'm quite lucky about that. Uh, also, I just well I do my workouts. I I have a coach, a personal coach, so same, I'm quite lucky. I've, I've been um, keeping active uh, during this year, so it's okay. I should not be too rusty. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, because obviously they're going to lift lockdown sooner, at least they hope so. Now, I understand that you're obviously stuck in France right now because you went over there. Uh, for a quick holiday and then all of a sudden you got landlocked how's that been because i know you really love living in the uk don't you You love being in a part of london yeah absolutely i love london london is uh, my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's a shame but um it's also because i decided to stay in france because um i do my music as well and i have opportunities with this so it wouldn't worth it to come back in London and be stuck in in a lockdown. Just do nothing. Yeah, talk to me about your music because obviously people will know you're a wrestler because you're on the wrestle plug, duh. But at the same time, uh, you're really passionate about music. How did you? Have you always been into music? Because I get the impression from what I know of you that you take music just as seriously as you do wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, my my brothers were musician. 
well, they still are. And so when I grew up, uh, I, I, I mean, I grew up with music. So yeah, um, I've never done any class uh, or was just learned by myself. So I play the bass and the bass and I sing. Um, and yeah, um, so right now I'm recording um, EP with several, several songs. And yeah, I take it really seriously. I really want to, I, I really want it to work just as I want wrestling to work for me. Do you have a idea of how far you'd like to go in music? Because your style of music is very cool. It's very alternative. You're an anti-conformist, which everybody will know about you if they're a fan. Um, do you feel that you're able to express yourself in a similar way when you wrestle as well as when you are creating music do you feel that they have similar kind of vibes yes yes absolutely i'm i'm just more uh open to my audience when i sing um just because i feel more comfortable like i can i, th I feel like i can uh say more uh, with my songs than with my moves or <laughs> you know in a ring um, I mean I, I'm quite the same person it's Kira Kimera on the ring is the same Kira Kimera on the stage just a bit more uh, open and well on the on the ring I can't show mo much of my emotions um, on the stage I wouldn't care if I cry, like, <laughs> it's part of the, show, of the show, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, it's, How, a, it's, a kind of, it's kind of the same vibes. What's the, um, what's the differences, like, performance-wise? For instance, are you more nervous when you're out there singing and when you're performing, uh, or are you more nervous when you're wrestling? Honestly, it depends. Um, like... When you're performing a show, uh, when you're a singer, it's a show that you've created yourself, and you uh, there's many rehearsal. Um, so you know what you have to do. Uh, there's, I mean, stuff can happen during the show, of course, because of the audience or I don't know. Um, but when when you wrestle, it's it's totally new every time. I mean, it's also new every time when you sing, but it's not the same, you know? So I, I think I'm more do nervous you, when I wrestle. Hmm. Do, you, um, do you feel that you relieve more stress when you wrestle because you're able to beat the living hell out of people? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's what we like to hear. Uh, we like we like violence at the wrestle plug. You know, obviously, you know, consensual violence, but violence nonetheless. Um, <laughs> Talk to me about Tukas. I believe it's. I apologise if I do not pronounce this correctly, but uh, talk to me about Tukasir and the notion around it, because that's your that's your mantra. You know, that's your mantra. That's how you live by, and that's something that you've applied. It's even on your beautiful baseball bat, which I love. Um, love <laughs> love the baseball bat. You've got a great look for anyone who maybe hasn't seen you before. You've got a very unique vibe, very alternative vibe, and you're somebody who doesn't conform to anything whatsoever. And especially when it comes to 
you know, the way you look, it is your design. And that's what makes you so cool and so exciting is the fact that you are an individual and not, you know, you're not a sheep. Um, what's Tukasa mean and what does it mean to you as well? Uh, first of all, thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. Um, so it's pro- uh, you, you should pronounce it Tukasa, but it's quite good. Tukasa, my apologies. Yes, yes, it's amazing. Uh, it means, it literally means... Uh, break everything okay so I think it's also me for me it means something like break the rules of course but also break all the codes that the so- society uh, try to um, give you like you don't have to be <laughs> a conform- someone who conform and it means so much so many things uh, yes it just mostly means that you have to do your own stuff your own way and enjoy your own life just don't care about what people say uh do whatever you can uh to um to achieve your goals your dreams and just yeah break the rules if you need to Have you always wanted to, have you always felt, even when you were a young girl, that you wanted to break the mold, that you wanted to break things, that you wanted to really embrace what uh, Tukase means? Yeah, I see, I think so, because I felt different from my family when I was young. Like, yeah, I, I dreamt, I dreamt about being a singer and stuff like that. And, um, like, like the other girls of course but I really felt that I really wanted it in in my heart I I would do anything for that um I had to conform a bit because of my family who wanted me to have amazing marks so I I did what they wanted but um when when I went to the university I was like nah it's it's just not for me I know I can do it I know I can do whatever they want, but it, this is not my thing. So I just gave up everything and <laughs> did my own stuff. So I think, yeah, I think kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody listening will be like, oh, that's what Aaron's like. He's like that. Like I'm very, as you know, I well, you can see from my social media, I don't really, I don't like conforming to anything. And it's another reason why I was really keen to have you on a podcast in the first place, because it's very rare, actually, in this day and age that you meet somebody who wants to buck trends, and break rules and just basically be obviously not nearly as annoying as me. Clearly, you're obviously a much nicer person, which is good. Um, but at the same time, I, I admire that. And I think it really really lends itself well to your wrestling character and also to your music as well which I'm actually quite a big fan of I like that style of music very much so um talk to me about how you first got into wrestling especially in France because France obviously you own you kind of run your own school if I if I'm Mm -hmm. correct in saying and obviously that probably helps itself when it comes to running shows but France doesn't have a big you know, independent scene like mm-hmm. Britain does. So I think that's fair to say. Um, how did you get into wrestling in France? And how was it first becoming a wrestler in France? 
Man, I didn't even like wrestling. I hated this. <laughs> it's it's true. Uh, when I was young, I mean, I'm still young. <laughs> when I was, I was a say. teen, <laughs> <laughs> when I was a teen, uh, someone showed me hardcore wrestling, and it was the first time I saw wrestling, and was like, oh my god, this is ah oh, no, no way <laughs> ah. <laughs> and believe me or not, now I do hardcore wrestling, so. Yeah, I hated this. And when it was a trend, uh, I saw my, my sister watching wrestling on TV. I was like, what the fuck are you doing now? <laughs> and <laughs> it was Triple H uh, versus Randy Orton. And oh, at I the just... end of the match, I was like, oh, my fucking God, this is amazing. <laughs> um, so I kept watching it every, every week. And I, I found out that there were wrestling schools in France and one close to where I live. So I tried. My family obviously didn't want me to do that. So I hid. <laughs> I hid, sorry. And uh, uh, that was really painful, but that was all I wanted to do because I was someone into sports and I was someone into arts. So I found kind of my reason to live and uh, yeah it was amazing and then um, I did my first show only three weeks after I started really wrestling. wow yes yes um, and it, it went okay <laughs> I was gonna I was say only... what was that like what was that first show like nah, it went okay I, I was only 14 can you imagine wow um, 14 Jesus yes and then, yeah, on, on, from 14 to 18, it was kind of, uh, kind of backyard wrestling. Mm. Uh, in the sense that the trainer we had uh, was just a wrestling fan and he was not an actual trainer. Oh, so our, our shows were, <laughs> were, ah. Uh, I, I think I would be ashamed if I want to if I <laughs> saw them. <laughs> are they still available? Can you see them? Like, are they? Can somebody dig them up on YouTube or something? We 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 don't talk about this. We, we don't we talk. Can't okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We, yeah, those those don't exist, ladies and gentlemen. Just ignore the last five minutes of this podcast, and you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> exactly. Something, something I wanted to ask you: What was it like? Because obviously, fourteen. You're still a kid. Like that's like I made my debut at 33, and I felt like a child. So that says everything you need to know. Like I can't imagine what it's like being 14. Um, how was that for you? Did it was it difficult? Because obviously you're still learning your way about becoming an adult and you know learning to grow. So was it something that helped you, or do you feel like it might have made things more difficult for you? Well. I felt like it was normal because I didn't know wrestling at this time. I didn't know the business around wrestling. So it felt normal about this. Um, and I think it was it was great for me, actually, because uh, at this time of my life, like every teen, I was searching myself. Uh, I didn't know anything about life. And I found in wrestling the values I needed to... I needed to find at this time, and it really built me. I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It helped. It helped. Uh, helped you to learn to grow. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. wrestling has been like, 
like uh i don't know like a parent to me <laughs> really <laughs> yeah i felt stronger as well stronger to yeah to face life and yeah yeah that's i just think that's lovely because obviously we've had a lot of difficulties particularly with uh young women obviously in the british wrestling scene in particular this year has been a you know as you know obviously i'm not gonna you know sugarcoat things for people but everybody knows about speaking out and everything and it's actually quite nice to know that you know for the most part obviously i don't know i wasn't there but it sounds to me like you had a relatively good experience as a young girl growing up becoming a wrestler in france um at what point did you think right france is getting boring i need to go elsewhere to really become a big megastar <laughs> well it was uh march uh 28 19 uh i really uh, i mean i came back to wrestling because i had to stop for a while because of injuries because of yeah. uh, my life and i came back to wrestling and it was the first time i grabbed that bat and used it <laughs> and it all made sense at this moment uh the the bat is is something to me really for real um and at this time i was like okay um i, I really love wrestling i really need to um to do more and for a whole year uh i trained and um i felt like i couldn't do much in france because yeah i trained but i didn't have any show like maybe twice yeah. a year th three times oh. a year and um i fell in love again with wrestling when i came back to to it and i i i said to myself okay now i need to i need to travel i need to do something and i've always uh dreamt to live in london uh. so why not do the the two things at the same time <laughs> like yeah. the uk is is the best place to learn wrestling and london is ah uh, london you know so let's do this <laughs> and so, no, so like, I, sorry yeah. carry on so yeah i i had a stable job i had a relationship i had like everything in france and yeah. i just gave up everything and just went and wow. it 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 was okay <laughs> it went okay yeah it seems like you've done fairly well to be fair i know personally obviously because we've had little chats here and now i know you love london and it's become pretty much your home now even though obviously you're not able to be here at the moment what was it first like you know when you first get off the plane or off the boat when you first arrive in england and when you first realize okay this is a different culture which is awesome obviously um how did that sort of transition work for you was it easy for you or did you find it difficult when you first came so i came in london just few uh, like I came in the UK a few days, then I came in London a few days, and then I came in London for a whole, more than a whole month. And wow. when I arrived at this time, uh, I was totally lost because it was uh, the first time I was traveling alone uh, for a long time. And it was challenging, but I, I was so excited about this that uh, everything was easy. It was I was open to everything, uh, so 
yeah, everything sounds easy. Uh, the 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 CT is easy. I mean, well, <laughs> the first thing I've did I've done was to find somewhere to do an Oyster card. And I was like, oh my God, yes. where am I going yeah. to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I need this shit now. <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah, it, I mean, it was easy. London is so easy when you're a tourist and, and yeah, mm. you want to travel around and discover things. So yeah, just an amazing experience. What's your favorite part of London? What do you love most <laughs> about it? Camden, Camden, the first, Camden first yeah. Camden. Uh, I love like northwest London. Uh, I love Camden and love Notting Hill. I, I lived in Notting Hill for for um, like two months. Uh, also, I love uh, Westminster area where the London Eye is. Uh, good yes, memories, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah, always always good time traveling in London. Is there anywhere else you'd like to go? Like, have you seen much of the UK outside of London? Have you had an opportunity to like travel around, go to places like Manchester or Birmingham or even up to Scotland? Not yet. I've been to my first travel to the UK was in Cornwall, and I fell in love with <laughs> with the UK at this point because the Cornwall is like my home um, in France. In France, we have like a, not. I mean, it's it's called Brittany. And yes, it's very yeah. Celtic, very Celtic culture, and I'm very, very, very proud of being Celts. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to Cornwall, I was like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> this is like Brittany. It's amazing. Yeah, it and the people talk talk English. They talk English. I love this language. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love. Oh. And I've been to Wales. I've been to Cardiff as well for a show. It was great, uh, but that's it for now. Oh, and uh, I've been to, uh, I can't remember where the RESPRO um, school is. Um, Portsmouth. In the south. Yeah, Portsmouth. I've been there. Yeah, that's where I'm from. It was cool. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I first started training, actually. So that was quite cool for me. Um, yeah, no, RevPro is obviously a big company. So the fact that you've been down there is very cool. How was it um, in terms of training when you came over here? Because obviously it must be so different to, you know, having the training that you got in France, so to speak, inverted commas, compared to, you know, obviously going to places like Knuckle Locks, which I know you've been to, having someone like David Francisco as your trainer. It must have been a real eye opener to how we train. Like, what were the differences between? Between training in France and training in England, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. When, it is. It's horrible. When, uh, <laughs> my my first training was with Conor Mills, and oh wow, <laughs> I don't know what happened in, in in his mind at this at this day because we did like at least one hundred hundred bumps, and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I did I didn't wrestle for a few weeks before and I came back home I was I had a massive headache it was <laughs> awful but but I went to the to the next um training just the other day with David it was so different and yeah I mean it, it's so much more in details like in France we we start the the wrestling training with bumps and then we do one thing and then we do a, a match and then it's over 
and there's no detail and um in england we're gonna spend i mean in knockalocks at least we're gonna spend time on one particular thing and that's amazing that makes all the difference um what's uh how has knockalocks helped you because i know there's obviously been you know controversy everywhere but knockalocks overall is considered the best school in britain uh you've got so many great trainers there. and david francisco is you know he's been on the podcast he's a an incredible human being in terms of knowledge and intelligence he's so smart like dave francisco is a real world beater in my opinion in terms of wrestling um do you draw any kind of comparisons with dave francisco because he again is somebody who came from europe to the uk and obviously moved away from you know everything that he knew to become a wrestler over here um that must be quite nice to know that there are so many other people who are coming here from different countries just to apply their trade and become wrestlers. Mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Davis Francisco is one of my favorite face person, <laughs> clearly. Awesome. Um, and he, he's absolutely inspiring to me. When I arrived and met him, um, I, I, I felt I was not alone. Like, Oh my God! Someone who has an accent, who someone who who comes from Europe and 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 wrestled from for progress and on um, other amazing um, promotions like that. Uh, it's it's really inspiring to me. And uh, also, he is he is amazing. Just <laughs> he is an amazing coach. He's uh, pa- really patient. And uh, thanks to him, I feel much more confident. Um, he he told me trust the process, and this is something I keep in mind. I I remind I remind myself of this quite every day when I doubt. And yeah, he really helped me with many many things actually. What was um What was your first show over here like? Oh wow! <laughs> um, well, my first show uh, was uh, at Cardiff with BEW, mm. and uh, that was an event for me uh, because yeah, it was the UK, you know. And yeah. when I discovered the fan, well, I did not really realize how the fan was uh, when I wrestled for BEW, but when I wrestled for Eve which was my third show in the UK. Um, I, I, it's so different. Like rest, wrestling fans uh, really care about wrestling. They really love it. They, really, they know what it is as well, because in France it's different. Um, we have wrestling fans, wrestling fans who think they know what it is, but <laughs> they actually don't. So the the relationship we have is different, and I've learned a lot from uh, the UK fans. Um, so yeah, my my first three matches in in the UK was like an eye opener, really. 
who's been uh, a big inspiration for you in women's wrestling in particular have you always had like a favorite women's wrestler that you've looked up to or is there a woman over here right now working on the scene that you really aspire to be like or are you very much of the case of yeah i break everything and i am just going to be me because i'm fucking fantastic the way i am <laughs> well uh <laughs> i i didn't he i did um i have oh i never had any um like super inspiration in wrestling uh i i love some wrestlers like tony storm i really love her um amazing i i luna um also i don't know like real replay um yeah i think they they are all badass (laughs) Yes, yeah. Are they like your dream opponents as well? Would you love to wrestle like Rhea Ripley? Jordan Grace. Jordan, Jordan Grace. Grace. She's yes. she's your number one, yeah. Jordan Grace. Awesome. I could see you wrestling at Impact. I think you'd fit in very nicely there. Yeah, that would <laughs> definitely be a good landing spot for you. Um have you ever have you had a chance to be around Jordan Grace? Have you ever had a chance to like yes. talk to her or anything? Yes, once she went to uh, APC in France with Progress. Wow. And uh, yeah, I saw her wrestle. I had the chance to talk a bit with her. Mm. Yeah, she's impressive, really. Yeah, she's a tank, an absolute tank of a woman. She's so an incredible athlete as well, like truly one of the best in the world. Um, my first exposure to you was seeing you wrestle at Battle Pro, actually, uh, against, I believe, Lexi Rose. Um, and that was when, obviously, you probably remember us reviewing that podcast. And I was talking about how great you were and how much we liked the women's match. And obviously, I know that match changed very quickly just before the show started and things like that. Because, obviously, a couple of the women, it was meant to be a fatal four-way, I think. And then it changed to yeah. a one-on-one match. Um, but it was a great match. And it was the get-up. As far as the way you dress and the way you look, which looks badass, has that always been something that you prided yourself on, or is that something that you took a lot of time to think of? Did it take a long time to think this is the way I want to look when I go out there and kick some ass? No, it's just just me. So <laughs> just you, so, yeah. Um, just yeah, wardrobe, yeah. I think I, uh, I I I grew with wrestling, as I told you just before. Mm. So it's quite natural for me. Uh, Kira Kimura is not actually a real character to me, even if it's it looks like a character, but yeah. mm, not much. <laughs> Just extension of who you are. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the nasty part of me. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, to be well, you say nasty. I think it's good. So I mean, it works on both levels. <laughs> um, you mentioned that you like hardcore wrestling. Uh, yeah. How how much do you like it? Are you somebody who enjoys like deathmatch wrestling? Do you, do you want to make people bleed, or are you just like, oh, I don't mind whacking the odd person with a trash can? Because obviously the baseball bat, I bet that hurts like hell getting hit by that thing. Um, I wouldn't personally want to be hit by it, or maybe I would. It's probably on my bucket list somewhere because I'm a bit of a sadist in that regard. But um, what's the what's the love for hardcore wrestling like do you feel like it's something that you could take to the next level would you like to really be known for wrestling in hardcore matches well uh in france yes i think like i'm inspired by charlie evans Hmm. and um i think she is 
she is a real badass and she wrestles against uh, men as well a lot she does hardcore wrestling and I like it and um, that's something I want to do in France because um, there's not a lot of intergender matches and, and there's not a lot of hardcore matches and even less hardcore matches for women and that's what I want to do I want to just Uh, break the, the codes and show that women can wrestle men, women can uh, do hardcore matches. And I fell in love with hardcore matches when I did my first. <laughs> so I I don't know, I felt it's it's weird. <laughs> it's what to explain. I mean, I really had fun doing this yeah. much more than any other kind of matches I've done before. So, yeah. I don't uh, usually watch hardcore matches, but doing them is, is amazing. And I can finally use my baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's a thing of beauty. It's For anyone who hasn't seen it, it reminds me. You remind me of like a, a female version of Negan from The Walking Dead. Yeah. That's, that's that's what i called you on the podcast and but i don't like saying that you are you remind me of somebody else because i love the fact that you're so individual and you are clearly your own entity but there is a little bit of a negan thing going on and i do like that because he is he is so badass and i love the walking dead so obviously i'm gonna pop for that um the obviously you mentioned intergender wrestling i was actually going to ask you what you think of it but obviously you must love it because you seem very passionate about it do you have any dream opponents any men that you want to kick the absolute shit out of uh, <laughs> it's a it's a hard question um, I him, don't worry <laughs> <laughs> maybe kingston oh it, eddie kingston yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's But, one of my favorite wrestlers yeah <laughs> no, I, love i love him I I I'm, I saw him wrestle when he came uh, at at APC for with Progress and oh man it was amazing the there's so many details there's so many things you can learn just when you watch him yeah it's uh, it's amazing so yeah, it, it was a masterclass. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always say I believe that Eddie Kingston is the best talker in the world. I think he has the best yeah. promos. I think I believe everything he says because I know that's the truth. I know that Eddie Kingston, when he says he's going to break your neck, he will actually break your neck. <laughs> and I like that. There's something very real and honest about him. And for anyone who's seen any of my work, I've pretty much adapted a lot of what I learned from seeing Eddie Kingston into my own character because he was somebody that had a very similar upbringing to me in a lot of ways. Um Is there anyone else, anybody else in particular that you sort of look at and think, yeah, I'd love to get in the ring and kick his ass? Or is David just Francisco. <laughs> David Francisco, yeah. Is, is that because he's like put you through the mill at training or is it just because you know that he'll kind of secretly love getting his ass handed to him by a trainee? <laughs> I, I've done several um, training match with him and yeah. I had fun and he's so easy and because he's my coach, it would be such a, such a honor to wrestle against him that's much yeah. yeah dave francisco is oh, he's such a lovely person as well yeah. like i just but then when he gets in the ring remember because obviously on that same show that i saw you he wrestled uh chris ridgeway and they oh man this match 
oh yeah that was like one of my favorite ever live matches it's very weird because that was the last time i went to wrestling um before obviously the pandemic kicked in i mm. think it was pretty much just about to kick in anyway and i think we went into lockdown about a week after that but um Dave Francisco, I don't think people realize how much of a great effect he's had on so many different people. Like he was, when I started doing interviews, he was one of the very first people I was trying to chase down because in my opinion, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And a lot of people, I don't think know that he is that good mm. they don't realize how special he is i i think it's a matter of time before he gets stolen to be honest i really do because i, I just think he's that special and everybody who learns under him does so well um I, obviously it's a very sensitive subject and only speak about it uh, obviously from your perspective and whatever you're comfortable speaking about but when speaking out happened there was an incredible movement i like to look at it from the positive aspect of so many women showed incredible strength and some men as well in talking about their stories talking about how they wanted to make wrestling a better place um how did it affect you as well because a lot of people see you as a not i don't want to say you're in charge of france okay but you are kind of like you know you are a spokesperson for french wrestling and you're a great success story of what people can do and i imagine so many women in particular have seen what you've done going from france to the uk and think that is an incredible and inspiring choice uh, to make that journey over here and i feel like you've done an amazing job in such a you know a small amount of time and so many people are proud of you not just me so you know, the, you know just gonna fawn for a moment but i think it's incredibly impressive i'm mixed race as well i'm from an egyptian family so i understand somewhat some of the differences but i'm lucky enough that i was born here um how was speaking out for you do you feel that we are in a better place now because of it and also how do you feel about everything that was said and everything that went on Honestly, it was really hard for me because I had stories as well to uh, yeah. speak out, and um, I did it. Um, I I felt it was important to bring this movement in France as well uh, because no one talked about it in France when it happened in in the UK, and. I was like, no, it's too important. We need to, to talk about this. We need to, as women, um, and I mean, it, it can happen to men as well. It, it happened to men as well. We need to um, to talk. We need to, to open up with that because it's a real problem. And the thing is, uh, I spent so many hours and hours on social media talking to so many women in France uh, who needed to talk because I have done this picking out. So yeah, it was really hard mentally. <laughs> um, but I think it's it's for the best. Uh, I mean, in, in England, I'm very proud of this movement because things are changing. Uh, the mentality are changing. In France, sadly, uh, I spoke to some promoters who said nah it's it, it doesn't happen here uh, <laughs> so yeah. uh, you know it's a bit um, huh? 
Uh, we call them cretins. Sorry. Yeah, I, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, what absolutely. Yeah, that's what I call them anyway. I, I unfortunately, I, I spoke uh, very briefly about it. I, I was very lucky in the sense of I and very privileged, I suppose, from my perspective as a man that um, I've not had any particular issues in wrestling uh, as pertains to that. But when I was younger, unfortunately, I had a lot of issues with that. So I could only really lend my experience from that perspective. But I remember seeing your social media, seeing your instagram and you talking very candidly and honestly about it and i thought that showed an incredible amount of strength and maturity because it it's very easy to kind of just ignore it just pretend it's not happening but actually if we want to make genuine change in the world we have to meet these standards and we have to change them and that also means as a man and as men listening to this podcast that we all have a responsibility to make the working environment within wrestling safer so uh thank you for talking about it and thank you for being so honest and sharing your stories because without that i don't think we get to the position we are now where we can actually make real change Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, we'll veer away from that. Now, we're getting closer to the end of the podcast, but something I did want to chat about was the baseball bat in particular. Now, do you have a number of baseball bats or do you just have the one? <laughs> uh, so the first one um, has been burned by... Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, uh, it's been burned because of the... I couldn't bring it to the UK, uh, oh, so the yeah, airports. I could just see you in customs, like, what's this? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it it was just the the next day after a show. Uh, I have I had a match against uh, Shana, and mm-hmm. we did lots of um, atemi, uh, fuck, uh, ch- chops, yes, and yes. my <laughs> my breast was uh, <laughs> red and. On the baseball bat, it was written tout cassé, so, and I was in France, so obviously they understand what it means. And I, <laughs> I, um, I looked, I looked uh, really bad. And they saw that, they saw me, they was like, uh, no, it, it, yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> no way. I just got this so, image of you tipping off at the airport, baseball bat over your shoulder, covered in red marks on your chest, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we might need to have a quiet word with you in a room." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, so they they took my bat and they threw it uh, to the bin, and I was like, "I I can't I can't forget the sound of my bat." Uh, oh my god, it was uh, it was awful. Oh. So, Did you not check it in? Did you not check it in your luggage or anything like that? That you're not allowed to travel with it at all? Uh, I, I mean, um, at the security post, the, I, I've always traveled with it, and they yeah. didn't say anything. Wow. So just this day. So since it happened, um, I, I, did a, I created one for the UK, one for France, Very and now I have four baseball bats and oh. two two people two people um uh did like fan art and so i have six baseball bats now <laughs> oh that is such a j- i do as you know i do so much oh i cannot believe i haven't done a baseball bat yet that's <laughs> thank you that's that's my next goal is to make a fan art baseball bat for you and if you could hit david francisco with it i would be incredibly happy please don't tell david <laughs> i said that <laughs> <laughs> 
nothing dearly. Um, hit somebody else with it. I don't know. Uh, who, do, who do I hate in wrestling? I don't know. When I think of my rivalries, uh, I'll, I'll come back to you with it. But yeah, no, that's a, I love that. That's so cool. What's the um, what's your interactions with UK fans been like? Do you find that fans have really, you know, because they must love you, especially at Pro Wrestling Eve, which is such a fantastic promotion for the, you know, for the promotion of women's wrestling. How, have, how has your experiences been with the uh, English fans? Have you enjoyed them? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's a delight. <laughs> really, um, as I said earlier, in France, it's, it's really different because we are used to wrestle uh, in front of people who don't know what is wrestling um, and what it truly is. Some people think wrestling is actual fight um, and they don't understand uh, that we are performers, that we are artists as well. Um, so when I went to the UK and uh, p- fans came to me and told me things like, oh, I love your character. Uh, I love this part of your character and things like that. I, w- I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is so cool. Uh, I have a real feedback of uh, what they like and what they dislike. And so I can improve with that. And I've learned a lot with UK fans. Thanks to that. Is there a, is there a, an opposite? Because obviously all wrestlers have merchandise, eight by tens, t-shirts. Is there any baseball bats that we can buy? Yes, open? absolutely. I did. Add, I have a little uh, baseball bat that I do myself. So I, cool. <laughs> um, Send me a link afterwards. I want one of those for my little memory box. <laughs> That's so cool because nobody else does that. Like when I met Aerostar at Progress, he gave me a, a mini light up version of himself, like a little toy. And I was like, oh my God, that's so freaking cool. Like I love unique merchandise because it is, everybody's got the black t shirt and the 8x10, yes. but to have something like a baseball bat, that's so cool. Where can we get your merchandise as well? Do you sell them in the UK? Um, yeah, I have uh, um, Get on the Gear. Um, uh, uh, I have two T-shirts on there, but for the baseball bats, it's uh, just DM me and um, I will send it to you. <laughs> you go, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you here. Uh, by the way, your social media. We'll make sure that all of your links are in the description. So if you do miss them at the end of the podcast, don't worry. They'll be available in the description uh, on the YouTube channel, on the podcast, everything, so that you can contact Kimera, um, Kira Kimera, and obviously buy yourself a baseball bat because where else are you going to buy a baseball bat other than from Negan? And to be honest, he'll probably give you a different kind of bat that you're not expecting um as we close the podcast uh is there anything that you'd like to say to anyone who may be listening particularly in france actually because the french language is so fluent beautiful so much better than the english language (laughs) let's be honest we sound gruff and aggressive um the french i disagree Yeah, you love it, don't you? You love England so much, which I think is really funny because most of us who live in in England are so negative about being English. <laughs> it's such an English trait to be miserable. It's raining all the time. I hate being English. I just want to go abroad. Like, but obviously, um, I imagine a lot of people from France maybe checking out and something. Is there anything you'd like to say in French to people? Oui, euh, merci beaucoup de, d'avoir écouté ce podcast jusqu'au bout, euh, surtout si vous êtes français et que vous avez compris tout ce que j'ai pu dire. Merci, c'est trop gentil. <rire> that's, it's so beautiful, isn't it? Come on, that sounds so much better. Than, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WrestlePlug. Like, <laughs> that, 
That's just so much, so much nicer. Um, I genuinely am a huge fan of yours. Uh, I, you know, I, I consider you genuinely one of the coolest human beings in wrestling. Uh, I'm very thankful I've had the chance to speak to you a few times. I'm very blessed that I have the opportunity to chat to you very briefly on social media and things like that. Thank you for taking the time to chat to me and come on the WrestlePlug. Uh, it would be lovely to have you back on when wrestling resumes because the pandemic has made it so difficult. And for so many of us, it's difficult to train. It's difficult to see wrestling. And I just want to be able to go back to places like the resistance gallery and actually see you wrestle. So you're always welcome to come back on once wrestling is back in full swing and let us know who you are beating the crap out of this week. <laughs> that would be an absolute pleasure. And thank you uh, for the podcast because it's really important. It's really important that people like you do this kind of thing. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Bless you. That's, that's very humbling. Uh, as everybody knows, uh, it's a very quick, cheap plug. This podcast is afforded to the wrestlers. I'm not interested in getting myself over. I'm doing that myself. We're trying to work hard, but I really pride myself on giving the wrestlers a platform so that they can share who they are and hopefully pick up a few new fans as well. But uh, you fit in very nicely in London. I absolutely adore the person you are. I know some people who are close to you as well, and I just think uh, you're a great addition to this scene. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast and very very soon hopefully fingers crossed we'll be able to have you back on thank you so much you're very welcome thank you Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for checking in with the WrestlePlug once again for that exclusive interview. Kira Kamara, as I'm sure you will all agree, is fucking awesome. The anti-conformist, the queen of Tukase, and we look very much forward to seeing what she can do on the independent scene. I genuinely believe that Kira will be an absolute megastar in the future. She's got the look, she's got the talent, she just has it. And it's very hard to define what it is, but if you ask Chris Jericho, he'll just say it. It's as simple as that. But Kira really is an absolute angel. But don't test her because she will wrap that bat right around your face. And we really respect that kind of behavior here at the Wrestle Plug. So thank you very much, Kira, for joining us. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we have plenty more coming. We have an interview coming this week, which is going to ruffle a few feathers. And it may even shake the very foundations of what we do here at the Wrestle Plug. So make sure you check in on our social media at Wrestle Plug across all platforms. And of course, our incredible YouTube channel, which is pumped pumping out content daily, covering all of the week's best wrestling content. Not to mention, we also have quite a few interviews that are available over there, including, of course, Josh Alexander, one half of the longest ever reigning Impact Tag Team Champions. We've recently had Aaron Cruz and Joe Lando, Brit Rest superstars in the making. We truly believe that everybody here at the WrestlePlug deserves the platform, not only to expand their brand, but also to let the world know just how special they can be. So if you are a wrestler and you do fancy coming onto the podcast and chatting with myself, Aaron Nix, you are more than welcome to do so. So don't hesitate to send me a message at WrestlePlug across all social media platforms, as I've said before. And also, please do not forget to follow the incredible Kira Kamara on her amazing journey. And you can do so by following her on all our social media platforms, which are available in the descriptions of this podcast. From myself, Aaron Nix, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you very soon for more content from the WrestlePlug.